What is up and welcome in to Post Loons episode 14 and we are recapping Minnesota United's second win of the week, uh, second big win of the week, knocking down Portland Timbers at home 2-1, to one, the final from Allianz Field, the Wonderwall getting to sing Wonderwall once again and joining me to break it all down all the way across the pond from England, it is currently what, 3.21 a.m. over there, James? Uh, I live in the Netherlands, so it's 421. Oh, you're in Netherlands. That's right. So it's 421. You're seven hours ahead. That is crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So we appreciate you staying up super late with us. Uh, James Hargrave from Pod on You Loons joining Post Loons this week. James, how are you doing? What are you doing to stay awake, I guess, is my better question. Uh, Yeah. uh, (laughs) yeah. Winning helps, to be honest. Um, Yes, it does. Yeah, I'm so glad that it's not 4.30 and we're talking about a loss because I was very nervous. <laughs> Who's <laughs> um, looking that way? Yeah, I know. But no, I uh, I don't do much to stay awake, actually. I just, it's, I'm a, I'm a night owl, so it's uh, pretty natural. I've watched games before, so. Fair enough. Well, James, we appreciate you staying up late to break it down. And like you said, at least we are breaking down a win. Two to one, the final from <laughs> If you are watching on the stream, feel free to give us a thumbs up on YouTube. And whether you're watching on Twitter or YouTube, feel free to uh, leave a question or comment in the chat for us to read on the air. Uh, James, kind of before we get into breaking things down, uh, you know, chronologically through the, through the match, let's go ahead and go through our three things. And being that you're the guest, I'm going to let you go first. Yeah, so would we see Franco was, I guess the kind of first question that we yeah. we had pre-game apparently no <laughs> apparently yeah there was so there was some rumors going on throughout the day um none that were corroborated by any of the beat reporters or official uh guys on on the loons beat but there were some rumors with some actually pretty reliable um accounts on on twitter who have been who have been correct about these things in the past before so i don't want to dismiss it by any means, saying that Franco Fragapane picked up an injury in training and he was not only going to be out tonight, but out for the foreseeable future uh, for a handful of games due to an injury. Um, He was not in the lineup tonight. He was not available tonight. So that seems to be correct, at least up until this point. Um, If he is out for a longer stretch, that does spell some, uh, some questions and some potential issues for Minnesota. But that also makes tonight's win even bigger, right? To get three points at home against Portland without arguably, you know, your best player over this last handful of games, that that's even more huge. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, it's it'll be interesting to see when they talk about it kind of starting next week, how long he's out for. Um, but definitely, I think, you know, showing that the guys can go get a win, especially from one nil down uh, without him is, uh, is super positive going forward. So I'm excited yeah, about it. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Same. And uh, it's it's a credit to the depth of this team. I think we're really starting to see the depth in this team shine. And I think Adrian Heath has finally figured out his um, his formula for how he's going to manage the game. Because that was always a big talking point is, is the substitutions on it's kind of a <laughs> It was kind of, you know, an indirect back and forth between the supporters and Heath on the substitutions. But the last two matches. We have seen a formula where, uh, you know, Ethan Finley comes on for Nico Hansen, pushes Lude to the, or, um, yeah. And then Hunu comes off, so it pushes Robin Lode to the nine. And Robin Lode gets the game-winning goal. That's been 
the same kind of formula twice in a row and it's worked out in Minnesota's favor. So we'll see how that, how that plays out moving forward. We'll get to more on that in a little bit, but yes, that is very, very much um, a big thing, especially with, uh, you know, missing Franco Fragapane getting those three points. Um, the second thing is home cooking home mojo. Could they keep the momentum going at Allianz field? Right. Uh, four, they were four Oh and one in their last five coming into this. And now obviously with the win, you're five Oh and one in your last six at Allianz. We had mentioned, especially after the slow start that if they were going to kind of crawl back into the playoff picture, Minnesota United would have to get points consistently get points at home, come away yeah. with results, come away with wins at home. And they have done just that since that slow start five Oh and one in their last six. Yeah. And I mean, you know, they talk about teams, kind of making home the fortress. And I think, you know, one of the things we talked about in our own pod, like in the off season was that MLS teams historically aren't that great away from home. So if you can make home, you know, this fortress where you're, you're winning the majority, if not all of your games, that's really going to help you go and make a playoff push and really kind of push deep into the season because you will be able to pick up a few wins away but if you can win the majority of games at home, that's the thing that's going to carry you. So, yes, it is. And it's paid yeah. dividends, right? We're seeing where they where they are in the standings, back in the playoff hunt, back in, um, honestly, back in playoff positioning and back in really good position. You could, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility to see this team end up in a top four spot, considering where they are right now, and end up hosting a playoff game again. I mean, that would have been unheard of had we asked, had we mentioned that and, <laughs> And, you know, talking two months ago, a month and a half ago, talking about that possibility. But here we are, you know, late July. You know, you've two wins, two huge wins this week uh, yeah. at home against Seattle and now Portland. And all of a sudden, things are looking good, despite some glaring uh, flaws and some glaring areas of improvement as well. Yeah. I mean, I agree. And I think that, you know, especially as they, you know, talked about in the broadcast, we have, I think, three weeks coming up in August where we play at home, I think, every, every single week. So if we can really build that and kind of keep that going, I think we're going to make a, a bigger push. But yeah, if you if you talk to people when we were 0-4 and said that, no, no, it's fine. Like, end of July, we'll be, uh, we'll be in a playoff spot. Like, it's all good. I think people would have uh, called us crazy. Definitely. So we talked about those glaring issues. Uh, so let's get into those. Coming yeah. into the match, this is before the match even started, Minnesota United was tied for third in MLS with New England in shots with 195 shots on the season. They only scored 13 goals, and that's 25th in MLS. So third from the top in shots, third from the bottom in goals. Heading into this match, obviously not a ratio you want to see from your team. Um, no. And the first 19 shots of this match did not end up in the back of the net. So that that percentage was getting lower and lower and lower as the match went on before finally the floodgates opened uh, and, and Chase Gasper gets gets the opener. Finally, you get one in the back of the net and you kind of break that cycle. Um, but my thing is not necessarily about the, the, you know, being clinical in the final third, kind of, you know, seeing a lack of that. My thing is actually crediting this club for keeping at it and keeping their foot on the gas 
and not hanging their heads too much on it was probably a huge weight on the shoulders of this team. The more shots go wide, the more shots miss the net. You have to imagine that was continuing to weigh more and more on this team. But they were keeping their keeping their pedal to the floor, keeping their foot on the gas and pushing and pushing and pushing. And finally there, um, you know, it, it paid dividends at the end. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I put some stats in at halftime that we were we had 12 shots and we had one on target, right? Yeah. So we were like 8% at uh, hitting the target. And, you know, at the end, we had 28 shots. Uh, we had six that were on goal, which I think is more than we've yep. had in previous weeks. Correct. Uh, and obviously, we scored two goals. Um, so it really shows, like, when we put them on target, we're scoring like a third of the time. So we just need to, I think, even if we had slightly fewer shots, but if we just put more on target, I think it, I think we would see results. And I mean, you have 28 shots, you know, there's a, there's a confidence there in your players that they're not afraid to pull the trigger. Yeah. And I would much rather us have a lot of shots than have too few shots. Correct. Cause it shows we have so much space. We have opening. We have the ability to get in the box or near the box or in the goal and there's link up. And then we're just failing at the final bit, but at least we're getting to the final bit. I can't wait till we get into the specific plays in this match because that link up that you just mentioned, there was some really fun link up play in the midfield yeah. tonight to talk about. So I'm really, really excited to get to that. But yes, um, that's my second thing is is really credit to this team from a from a mentality standpoint, just keeping pushing, keeping their foot on the gas, and, and eventually doing what they needed to do to get on the board. Yeah. Uh, and my my third thing is we have a I mean. Every match is almost a six-pointer at this point. We just talked about this before we went on the air, James, that with the yeah. amount of Western Conference games that we have this season, uh, it's pretty crazy, uh, and every match is huge. But this three-match stretch is particularly big for Minnesota United, and they are two matches down, six points out of those matches. That three-match stretch being home versus Seattle, home versus Portland, at LAFC, which will be on Wednesday night. You're two for two. You got six points out of these two. Um, now you got one more. If you can go to LA and at least get a point, um, you know, the confidence is great right now. Even if you go to LA and lose, but you play well, I don't expect the confidence to be shaken too much. But if you can go to LA now and get a result on Wednesday, that's just going to continue to increase that confidence and kind of the, the front footed nature of this team moving forward. Yeah. And I mean, one thing we talked about before the Seattle game was that, you know, Seattle undefeated the league leaders, they're coming to Minnesota United, like they're coming to play at Allianz Field. We were all saying, you know what, we're going to be happy with a point. Like we will take one point against Seattle. Like that's perfectly fine. Suddenly we have three points against Seattle. We have three points against Portland. Suddenly we're, we're really rolling. And I think if we can also turn six points with LAFC, who I think we're behind in the table, right? Or we're equal with. Yeah, we just have terrible goal difference. Um, mm. I think if we can even turn that around, suddenly, like you said, we're pushing top four. We're pushing kind of, we're really already in that hunt. Uh, and, you know, we've played probably the toughest three matches in a row that we're going to play all season. Correct. And uh, just getting six out of these last two is huge because it, it builds you a little bit of equity now. Or even if you do go yeah. to LAFC and you lose, you've still gotten the, these six points, these six huge points out of these last two matches. Um, you know, and as we say, each match is a six yeah. pointer, so it's as good as getting twelve points, right? <laughs> uh, you know, theoretically, yeah. 
So um, really, really good. Um, do want to talk about the defending though, James, you got defending here in the notes. Um, you know, loose, loose marking on the initial goal. Um, yeah. Really, really good header from, uh, from more there um, to give Portland the lead, but it was almost a free header. He got, he got away, got some space, very uncharacteristic of this Minnesota United defense. Yeah, and I think it's it's one of those things where we we still just occasionally have lapses. Like we're not happy, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, we've seen, and I think someone who has kind of quite overcome that almost didn't. There was almost a moment is uh, Chase Gasper. You know, start the season some sloppy some sloppy defending, and I think you know he he has played every single minute. By the way, this season hasn't missed a single minute. Yeah. The only and, player from Minnesota United this season. I mean, Michael Boxall is usually that Iron Man, but he's obviously hurt, so he can't. Um, yeah. But yeah, Chase Gasper has been that guy to play every single minute, which I think flies under the radar, and where I think he he gets a little bit un, he's a little bit underrated in terms for what he brings to this team. Because having consistency at any position is great, but having it from Chase Gasper specifically on that back line, where Minnesota United has been a team to lead from the back during their yeah. all their success that they've had over these last two years, having that solid figure at left back, he's made, he's made some mistakes. He has had some lapses as we mentioned, yeah. uh, but still been a really solid, consistent figure on the back line. Yeah. And I mean, especially as you know, when you, when the euros were on and you know, people are injured and people have been getting green cards uh, and kind of that the rest of that line has kind of changed. He has just been that, like unyielding force that's there and i think it's i think it's something that as the guys play a bit more into this season you know yuka rutalia you know he's new to the team but he's been playing well and he played really well for finland in the euros his link up played a lot was just like where did that come from because like we never played him on the right um but I think it's one of those things that when they settle down, they start to play a bit more and they get into regular rhythm and and kind of everyone comes back from injury and really solidifies. I think it's going to build because we still have defensive lapses. You know, near the end, the Portland guy, I, don't, I honestly don't remember his name, had a free shot basically where he was just off the back post and no one was marking him. Yeah. Right. So there's still those things that, you know, we, we need to work on. But I mean, Roman Metinair was a beast tonight. Uh, apart from... The one laps. <laughs> I mean, as usual, as we've come to expect from Roman Metinair, um, again, talk about Chase Gasper as a solid figure on the left. I mean, yeah. I think we saw these last few matches, you know, DJ Taylor was awesome. And I think he's going to be a really good player in this league and a really impactful figure for Minnesota United. So this is nothing yeah. against DJ Taylor, but Roman Metinair just brings sort of this next level impact on the back line for Minnesota, not only what he does at the back, he is near perfect from a defensive standpoint. Again, he had was part of that yeah. lap that led to the goal tonight, but also what he brings in the attack as well, um, kind of really personifies that idea of Minnesota United leading from the back, as I've, as I previously mentioned. Yeah. I mean, both him and chase, you know, the amount they push up, the amount they get on the wings, the amount they cross in the ball. I think without those guys, we would be much more stagnant uh, and having problems. And they're really one big reason why we have 28 shots on goal. 
Mm. Like the reason that we have so many is because they're able to push up because they cause problems. And like mm. we're going to talk about this link up play in there as well that helps them get the ball in. So if you're just joining us, feel free to drop a comment on YouTube or Twitter. Um, and uh, also leave a thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube as well. Would really, really appreciate that uh, that feedback from you guys on a huge win for Minnesota United, 2-1 to one over Portland. So let us know what you're thinking. Give us your questions there in the chat, whether you're watching on YouTube or Twitter. Uh, but James, you said you were going to take this. So, uh, you know, you've probably never been to Night Street Soccer and Coffee, considering you're all the way over there in the <laughs> Netherlands. But uh, despite that, tell us a little bit about our friends over at Night Street. Yeah, so at Night Street, uh, for just 35 bucks a month, you can play unlimited pickup. Uh, just sign up through the Open Sports app where you normally register for pickup games. Remember, Ninth Street has pickup three days a week. So that's Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Perfect for midweek pickup games. Uh, 7 p.m. One-time pickup is only five bucks. If you're interested or you want to learn more, you go to NinthStreetMPLS.com. Again, that's NinthStreetMPLS.com. Perfect. Follow them on uh, on uh, Twitter and Instagram too at Ninth Street MPLS. Uh, James, you're a natural on the ad reads, man. You do the you do the anchor ad read for Pot on Your Loons. Now you're doing Ninth Street. Uh, maybe you have a future in voice acting. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, if uh, any ad companies want uh, want someone, just let me know. <laughs> All right, I have to I have to put this out there because it's a little bit of a self gratification here. Uh, but uh, my fiance says that I'm hot, so. There's that. Uh, if you have a much more loons related question or comment, <laughs> drop that in the chat on YouTube or Twitter. See how I worked that in? Uh, yeah, there's yeah, a nice. reason for it. Smooth. There's a reason for it, James. Drop it on YouTube. Drop it on Twitter. We'd love to, to respond and hear what you're thinking about Minnesota United's 2-1 win over Portland tonight at Allianz Field. All right, so let's get into these game notes, uh, James, sort of uh, kind of minute by minute, chronologically, uh, some of the things that happened. Uh, we'll kind of condense some of these two so we don't get too uh, repetitive here. Um, but we mentioned that Minnesota United, despite not having a lot of uh, luck getting the ball in the back of the net early, yeah. midway through the match, uh, they were on the front foot for a vast, vast majority of this, creating chances, getting good, getting good opportunities to score. They had a shot yeah. in the first minute, which is always great to sort of get the, you know, just get that mojo going and kind of get out on the front foot. Um, yeah. And then two free after giving up the goal, two free kicks inside uh, in the 14th and uh, 14th minute, two free kicks in those first 14 minutes. Again, just continuing to get in dangerous positions. I mean, I lost count in terms of how many set piece opportunities Minnesota United had tonight between corners and free kicks uh, had to have been in the teens because yeah, I mean, it seemed to be a consistent <laughs> portion of the match. They were on set pieces. Yeah. I mean, we had 10 corners. Yeah. So, and and what the broadcast was saying is that's the area that we should really be pushing because their goalkeeper, who I think I think you got here, was making just his fourth start. Yeah, most of the goals that he let in were from corners. Mm -hmm. So that's really like an area, and probably something they discussed during the week about where they could really attack Portland. And I think mm -hmm. having ten corners and yeah, I think it was almost double digit fouls as well. You know, really gives. Yeah the opportunity to to kind of put pressure on from from dead ball situations yeah interesting a lot of dead balls tonight but not a lot of stoppage time 
I don't, there's not necessarily a correlation between the two, but considering how many of those situations where I was surprised we only got one in the first and three in the uh, three minutes in the, in the second, but that's neither here nor there. Um, the first yeah. of what became a pattern in this match <laughs> in the 24th minute, Robin load uh, denied by Ivancic, as we mentioned, making just his fourth start in goal. Uh, this was a great, uh, it was almost a volley opportunity, really. Uh, one timer from load, just point blank. If he puts it anywhere else on net, yeah. it's a goal, but he just happens to put it right in the belly of Ivancic, uh, keeping things scoreless. And, uh, but uh, I mean, a, a great save. I mean, it's not just it yeah. was right at him, he did have to sort of uh, react quickly and almost sit on the ball uh to, to keep it out of the back of the nets uh but just the first of of a handful of chances for robin load tonight yeah i mean you know we talk about 28 shots i reckon robin Lod almost had half of those like he yeah. was everywhere firing the ball from each side it was it was crazy he missed at the in the 28 just four minutes later he has another shot and there was a really beautiful combo between dodson then Unu and then to Lod and then the just play. that was fantastic. Yeah, and I think the link-up play in that was really good. And I think at some points, I think we tried to do too much. Like there wasn't enough space for us to do link-up. And I think we started, and I think this is one of the problems that we have as well, is that we start to get a little too crowded at the top of the box. Like we're not we're not spread out enough. And I think it's one of those things where it's definitely if we just gave ourselves a little bit more space and that we could like have space to pass and run, I think we'd be doing a lot better. Mm-hmm. But like we do have incredible link-up play, but we always end up just running out of space and then defender easily clears and well, we've sh- they've shut down an attack quite simply. It's a weird thing because the middle of the top of the 18, if you're an attacking player, is a great spot to be and a great spot to put yourself in terms of getting a, a solid shot on goal. So I can see kind of everybody wanting to be there. But at the same <laughs> yeah. time, you kind of do have to have that uh, little spidey sense going or, you know, that feeling with your that feel with your teammates that, you know, you got to keep the space. You got to know who's going to go there and where you need to put yourself uh, you know, to either get a rebound or or be available if they want to dump it off to you. So yeah, I, I agree. There is a little bit of a lack of spacing at times in the attack for Minnesota, but it also makes some of this link up play look a lot better too when they're doing it. Yeah, so short play. And I think I think it's one of those things we'll build because there were a couple of times when you know Unu was going to pass to Lod, but was just like half a step too late, and so the ball didn't quite make it. And I think. That's mainly because these guys are so new to each other. You know, Agudelo, you know, Frank Pane, Unu, like all of these guys haven't played a lot of time. Uh, Nico Hansen is the same. Like if you add four guys, Ray's only had half a season. Like yeah. when when you get that gelling and you actually, you know, spend a lot of time together. And I think by the end of the season, we'll be seeing a lot more from these guys but at the moment it's just like you just got some rough edges that we need to like smooth out and i think once they do that i think it'll look even better and people will have space and there'll be correct passes and then it will kind of really really get in i think we'll start scoring a lot more goals as the season progresses i think our expectations really kind of skyrocketed almost to an unfair level the first (laughs) time who knew and fragapane were on the field together because i mean fragapane gets gets a goal and an assist. Udu looks great. 
they're like, oh man, these guys are gelling off the bat. They're going to together. They're going to score 30 goals before the end of the season. <laughs> like, you know, you, you, you really realistically were kind of thinking that after that match. I mean, it's like, wait, you know, do we, these, do, do we buy jerseys already? Like what's the, yeah, what's exactly. the thing? Like, I mean, <laughs> so it's, it's, it's that thing where we had such a, we had a really good taste of it right off the bat. But that might have led to a little bit of an unfair expectation in terms of what should be expected from these guys so early on in their time together. Um, and and I and you and lose, I think you lose Fragapane tonight though. And I mentioned yeah. on the previous episode that there have only been two, three times where your front three have really all been on the field together, and Fragapane, Unu, and Lude. Uh, yeah. You know haven't really gotten a lot of run in game together because injuries or international duty or whatever has really kind of hampered that. So um, while we are over a month in to having the roster set as it's going to be the rest of the way, you know, presumably uh, it doesn't necessarily translate into a lot of minutes between that front three that who are, who are the, the starters moving forward. That's it. And I mean, yeah, yeah. It's like I said. You no, know, once I think once they get a lot of time, and like Abila as well. Like, there's there's even more names to like pack into yeah. that front. And I think, I think one person who's probably suffering at the moment is Ray. Like, he you came really in and was so good, like so early, and had like all of these assists. And like, we'll, we'll talk about it a bit more. But tonight was his first assist mm-hmm. of the whole season. Right, and seven, yeah, (laughs) in the playoffs, in the playoffs, (laughs) you know, and you know he's sometimes he's looked out of touch. You know, sometimes the ball has been too. There was a ball tonight that just sailed over everyone and was just a bit too long. I think Mm -hmm. he's like it might be that we've put too much pressure on the guy because he was just so amazing, or it might Mm -hmm. just be I don't know what it is. I don't know whether he's injured. There's a niggle or something, but. Yeah, he just, like, I feel, like, I know he can do better based on what has been before. And I think for him, it's just, like, he's a great player. He'll he'll be fine. But I think with everyone else gelling as well, it's just going to take time to kind of hit full stride, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. And um, I'll talk a little bit more about my thoughts on Reynoso in a little bit. Uh, but let's keep moving with these game notes here. Um, 20, or excuse me, 37th minute. Nico Hansen tripped at the edge of the 18. Yeah. No whistle. In in the run of play, I thought there might have been an opportunity to take an extra look at this. Um, I'm I had the volume a little bit down on my TV, so I don't know if they said that VAR did actually take a look at it in terms of giving it a check at least or not. Um, I, I thought didn't hear anything in the run of play. I never saw a replay of it either. Uh, but just a little bit in- interesting that it was never really brought up after the fact because I thought it looked at least in real time to be a trip and not a lot of ball. Yeah. I mean, they didn't really talk about it. They also didn't mention it. At least I didn't catch that they ever mentioned that they went to VAR either. Um, so mm-hmm. I guess that was that. And we, we move on. <laughs> I yeah. think yeah. like, yeah, so too- <laughs> absolutely. Uh, 38th minute though. Um, I have load MG again. Uh, just another quality chance for load sends it wide, uh, happens again, uh, a few minutes later as well. So that just counting the fourth opportunity in the first half for Robin load fourth golden opportunity, 
uh, for yeah. load in the first half there. Um, the one that you mentioned, Ray smashing it wide, happened in the 43rd minute, and that leads us into halftime. So those halftime stats were looking pretty par for the course from what we've seen from Minnesota <laughs> United, which is not a good thing uh, from an offensive no. standpoint. 12 shots after 45, one on target, uh, 62% possession, though, for Minnesota. Now, what's yeah. interesting about this is when you look at this team, the way it's built, and you see 62% possession, you're like, oh, man, it's got to be 2-0, 3-0. But, but it, over the last couple seasons, Minnesota has really been a team that has thrived when they don't have the lion's share of the possession. When they're, yeah. they're able to kind of sit back and defend and rely on their back line and then kind of not necessarily catch teams on counters, but you know, find a way to grind out a goal or two uh, to come away with a win. That's not necessarily how this team's built, but that's how Minnesota United has been successful in the past. So to see 62% possession and nothing for it, um, not necessarily surprising when you consider, uh, you know, the team that Minnesota United has been over these last couple of years. Yeah. And I mean, and I think it's definitely watching from last season into to this season, you notice that there is so much more attacking intent. Like I think we had, like we had Kevin Molino and then our front wasn't super amazing. I think like, I think it was, it was all right. We scored, we scored quite a handy amount of goals, mm. but like you said, I think it came from the back and this was really you look at this Minnesota team now, and there's a reason we have so many shots on target. We're much more aggressive. We're much more attacking. And I think this is where our defense needs to catch up because we're so used to sitting back that we're so used to having a lot of people who are back there. And now we're attacking and we're pushing up so much. This is why our defense gets caught out because we're not used to being in this situation where we're you know pushing and pushing and pushing. So I think that's another adjustment. You know, we've got 62% possession and we've had 12 shots, but actually we're 1-0 down because the defense also hasn't quite adjusted to that. So I think it's, honestly, I think it's great. I think it's great that this is happening now. You know, we're having all these shots. We're building this confidence in the front and we're actually kind of learning as a defense. Well, how are we going to have to deal with the different style that we play? You know, so I think I think it's only positive. We just need to score. Uh <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much to everybody who is watching on the stream, whether you're watching on YouTube or Twitter. We want to hear from you. We want to get your feedback on the win tonight. Drop a question or comment in the chat for us to read here on the air. Of course, joined by James from Pod on You Loons. Um, check him out. CPT James Force is the uh, is the uh, handle on Twitter. Uh, also at Pod Loons is the handle on Twitter yep. for Pod on You Loons. You can also just search Pod on You Loons wherever you get your podcasts. Great Minnesota United podcast with James and Sam and all the guys over there at Pot on You Loons. I always have a lot and of Justin. fun. Yeah. And Justin. Yes. Justin, Justin is there too. Although uh, you also have another Jeremy who joins. Uh, what's, yeah. his, what's his nickname? Uh, Doomsday Jeremy. Doomsday Jeremy. Yeah. That's how I know you're not talking about me when you say, when you say Doomsday <laughs> Jeremy. Because uh, I'm, I'm, you know, nothing about my personality. I hope screams Doomsday. So. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, leave a question or comment in the chat. Um, whether you're watching on YouTube or Twitter. And if you're watching on YouTube, please go ahead and give us that thumbs up. That is huge for kind of, it's like an algorithm thing. They really uh, prioritize uh, videos and channels to get a lot of thumbs up. So please do that as we move along with the game notes. We're in the second half here. Uh, Portland, at least in the early going, looked a lot more dangerous. 
But yeah, about 10 minutes in, that tide turned completely. Like it was very, very uh short time in the second half where Portland really had was on the front foot. And then it was about 20 minutes of just mass chaos in front of Portland's goal. Like just <laughs> craziness. Yeah, and I think I think it's really been a trait with Minnesota that you you watch back at games and every time we start the second half, we're really quite slow. Mm-hmm. And we really take a time like first half we have a shot on goal in the first minute or we have a shot at somewhere near the goal in the first minute. And in the second half, we're we're slow and we're kind of lethargic and we're looking like we're we're gonna get battered and it's gonna be like three nil in no time. And then suddenly, you know, Finlay comes on for Hansen in the 55th minute, and then we we turn the tide and we start we build a bit of confidence, we settle down, we kind of push forward, and then suddenly we're just there's chance after chance after chance after chance, and you can hear the crowd at Allianz just getting frustrated because Lo and behold, we're not scoring any goals. Yeah. It's it's interesting because while you're you miss a guy like Franco Fragapane. Yeah. Um, I really like what Nico Hansen brings in terms of his pace. And then you sub a guy like Ethan Finley on for Hansen, you're sort of replenishing almost the same person. <laughs> like yeah. you're bringing on like a pro- probably tired Nico Hansen in for a, a fresh person who plays almost exactly the same way, like high motor, a lot of pace. Um, I, I guess Ethan Finley at this point in his career may bring a little bit more leadership and vocality on the field than Nico Hansen does. But in terms of just their, their actual ability and actually the way they play, they're very much the same person. And I love this spot for Ethan Finley. I've said this time and time again, same. this sort of like 55th, 60th minute sub, where he can really just kind of go all out for half an hour and really do what (laughs) he does best in terms of bringing that energy and bringing that pace uh, at the end of a match when you're presumably playing a team who is tired, uh, you know, or individuals who are tired, um, to bring a guy like Finley on who can kind of keep that high gear when other guys on the opposing team might not be able to, that's such a huge boost. Yeah, and I mean, they were saying already, like really early in the game, that, that Portland looked tired. You know, they played midweek and and they had a battle, and I think they won, but mm-hmm. they 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 were tired. And then you kind of bring up this guy who basically it's like you wind up you wind up the toy and then you send it out for half an hour <laughs> to just do the thing. Yep. And it he really just causes trouble. You know, he was everywhere. He was running down defenders. Like he's just there's just so much attacking intent. And I think, like you said, I really love that role for him because if you're playing him 90 minutes all the time, you're not going to get the same. But this is one of those like impact subs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you you move you move a lot over and you kind of you you bring you bring Finlay on and then suddenly there's a new attacking dimension, basically. Yeah. And in my opinion, this is a sub Adrian Heath should make every single match, whether you're down, you're level, or you're up. Because yeah. We have seen in the past when Minnesota United parks the bus, they <laughs> they just it's like just they take so many shots and they're just the ball is in their third the entire time. But when they are keep that attacking mindset and they are more they push more and they keep the ball out of their own third, that to me is how this team specifically best holds a lead. 
is when they sort of don't change too much about their identity and they keep, they keep pushing, they keep pressing. And Ethan Finley is the type of guy who can do that, but he's also been around the block. And you're talking about a U.S. men's national team alum, you know, a guy who's, who's done it all in this league, um, yeah. you know, having that leadership on the field in those waning moments, no matter what the scoreline looks like, is huge as well. All right, Tom, so, that drink. <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. Um, so let's move on here. Uh, we have in the notes chance after chance after chance. That's a direct quote from Cal Williams on the broadcast. Uh, yeah. Just continued opportunities uh, as we're getting close to the half hour mark here. I think Minnesota United put out uh, ill time tweets uh, around the half hour mark saying about an hour in. How are we feeling? And uh, <laughs> the replies were like, "Not great. We're not. Yeah. We're not feeling good Nervous. right now." <laughs> Yeah, very oh, nervous. I was uh, staring at it like at 60 minutes, like, am I about to stay up all night and then go on a pod where we lose and I'm going to have to talk about this? I, I have to know, James, if you were not doing the post-game show, would you have stayed up at that point or would you have made the decision to go to bed? Uh, I probably would have made the decision to go to bed either at halftime or even pre-game and been like, no, it's this is, yeah. I'm gonna, <laughs> I don't watch too many 2 a.m. games. To be honest, well, you're welcome that you stayed yeah. up and got to Thanks, see that man. win because, <laughs> uh, yes, all right. Um, so 65th minute, Agudelo on for Unu. Um, interesting sub given the circumstances. We've seen Agudelo on quite a bit lately. Um, my opinion on Agudelo is this is not a guy who's going to lose you the match, you know, he's not going to win you it either, but he doesn't seem to do anything that's going to cost you. Either he doesn't do much, in my opinion, but he doesn't necessarily shoot you in the foot either. So, yeah, I mean, I would much prefer to see uh, Abila in here because I think he brings so much and he really has a role. And I think he really, yeah, like I think he does a lot and there's a lot of energy and he like has some shots and there's a lot of attacking play. Agadello's fine. I just yeah. I don't ever see anything really like happening, mm -hmm. and yeah, sometimes that's one, okay, right? He had one bit of dribbling play. I think it was on the left side of the box. He tried to uh, make a move around uh, Portland defender. Do not know who it was, and he got his pocket pick pretty early. Um, he's definitely more of like a holding number nine, I guess, which is great if you have the lead, but in the sixty fifth <laughs> when you're down when you're down one nil. Um, wasn't sure about that, but again, uh, did not hurt this team, obviously. Um, after yeah. that sub, they go on to get two goals. Uh, one that came the first one coming in the 74th. Uh, Asani Dotson sends a, a lobbing cross into the box, finds the head of Chase Gasper. It's kind of a glancing header, didn't get all of it, that's for sure. No. Uh, but it, it finds it finds the back of the net, that's all you can really ask for, and suddenly. The crowd's going crazy, and you uh, you're level. I think that I think the quote was uh, leapt as high as the Twin City skyline uh, to head that <laughs> ball in. Which I thought well, was yeah. great. Um, yeah, first goal of the season, you know, and like we said earlier, the guys worked so hard and literally played every minute. So for him to get on the score sheet, especially when it's at home, especially when you're down to Portland. And you had so many shots, and the, he's the one that finally puts one in. I really think that's reward for effort. And I think he was man of the match, right? Yes, he was. 
He did yeah. be man of the match. And I think it was deserved. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I thought he played well. Again, the consistency was there. Um, I think he has really rebounded well after the kind of that slow start that he had. Um, and yeah, getting getting the getting the equalizer, I think definitely earns you earns you man of the match. Um Yeah. I mean, when you lose the first four games, well, guess what? Your defenders are in the spotlight because uh, yeah. you're conceding goals. <laughs> so exactly. it's on you. So it's a good, right. it's a good bounce back. 77th, I believe this was Robin Lode's sixth chance of the match. <sighs> uh, so close. Uh, but finally, the floodgate opens for Robin in the 85th. Uh, Ray's first assist of the year, as we mentioned. And uh, just just a beautiful a beautiful shot, beautiful goal from Robin. We've come to expect this from from uh, from Minnesota United's right winger over the last couple of years. Um, just his ability to make plays on the ball with the ball, put himself in good opportunities, and more importantly, over the last two years, because that was kind of the knock on him heading into last year that he wasn't scoring goals. Well, he's yep. proven his ability to do just that over these last two seasons. And he gives Minnesota United the lead for the second straight match. And I want to revert back to this because there are probably some people watching that didn't uh, didn't hear our conversation about this earlier. This is the second straight match where um, Adrian Heath has made two substitutions that have pushed Robin Lode to the nine. You you bring on Finley for Hanson and then Agudelo on for Unu. Um, that Agudelo for Unu, while we were kind of scratching our heads that Agudelo is the one to come on, bringing Unu off brings Lode to the fall, the false nine or the nine. I still don't know what a false nine is, but uh, <laughs> brings him to the nine. Um, it's technical. And that, it's technical. And, and that's where he scores the game winner. It's the second straight time. That's the second straight match that's happened. So credit to Adrian Heath for sticking with that formula, A, and understanding that that this is a guy that we want up top uh, in, in the waiting moments of a match. But also credit to Robin Lode for being flexible enough in that role to play it extremely well and and finish and, and obviously score the game winner for the second straight match. Yeah, and I totally agree. And you know, I have I have Lod's jersey, so I'm happy that he keeps scoring goals. <laughs> um, and I think it's it's definitely one of those things that you know. I think you were right going into last season. It wasn't it wasn't super amazing, and people didn't think he was actually that you know any good. But I think you know over the past year, he's definitely grown, and it's one of those things. Remember, like, is it the start of this year? He was starting striker because we literally had like no one else. So. Mm-hmm. And he played it's the nine like, in the playoffs last year, too. Yeah. So, yeah, even back then, like he was even like back then he was the number nine. So I think that's really helped because he's played quite a bit in that role now that when he goes back to what he normally plays, you know, on that right wing and kind of pushing in, that when he has to revert back to the nine, he actually already has the experience and kind of the understanding, and he's already had that play with Reynoso uh, and kind of has spent that time building that relationship, that it flows a lot more. And I think this is why he keeps getting goals. Uh, and, you know, he's our leading goal scorer because he has four. Yeah, which is interesting. I mean, you look at, uh, I think, Rui Diaz for Seattle is the league leader. He has 11. And that's almost yeah. more than Minnesota United as a team. Minnesota United has 15 now on the year. So, uh, but, um, 
going back to the goal itself or going back to Robin Lode's kind of role at the nine where he's kind of been put at the end of these last two matches, I think it helps to have the pieces around him that he does, yeah. right? To have Emmanuel Reynoso behind you uh, specifically, you don't – just because you're playing the nine doesn't mean you have to do it all yourself. Actually, it means quite the opposite. That you're going to – you're you're just by virtue of having – these guys in the, in the attack, specifically Emmanuel Reynoso, you are going to get the ball in an opportunity, uh, a high percentage opportunity to score. Um, and although yeah. we've saw Lode have numerous chances tonight and not put the ball in the back of the net, normally Robin Lode is money when you put him in a high percentage scoring opportunity. Um, and he, you know, notched the winner tonight. So, um, yeah, just, just great. Great substitution call by Adrian Heath for the second straight match to put load in that position. And obviously, if you're load, you got to finish the job, and he did. Yeah, so not really much more I can add to that. He scored, and it was great, and we won. <laughs> but, we have a uh, comment here from Quinn Smith. says, yeah. I was impressed by Agadello, not blown away by him, but had tidy touches, always going forward and attacking the defenders. Great decoy run by him, too, to open up the space for load to make it 2-1. And this does... Uh, James kind of aligned with with my line of thinking that I mentioned earlier that Minnesota United's best best defense or I guess best course of action late in the match is to keep pressing and keep pushing. Um, yeah, I keep agree. going forward. And if that's something that Agadello brings, well, at the same time, bringing him on for Unu opens up that nine spot for a guy like Robin Lode. Um, so Agudelo have to be the striker when he's on. I do how, see how that can be sort of a win-win situation. And he does have experience, too. So maybe it is his experience that allows him to make a decoy run like that to open up the space for, for Ludus for the winner. So that's actually a good comment there by Quinn. Even though it's counter to kind of what we were talking about with Agadello, it is a really good point. Yeah, and I mean, it it actually is one of those things that it might it might be that he's actually playing really well but he's playing really well in a role that actually we don't see him or he doesn't even get the ball mm-hmm. because he's not doing what you would naturally think and getting the ball and shooting and scoring goals. Actually, he's doing all the other one percenters mm-hmm. that allow us to score. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that Quinn has probably played soccer at a high level and probably understands that uh, a little bit more than somebody like me who uh, has never played a single second of meaningful soccer in my life. I'm just a fan. I watch. I've picked up some things. I know a little bit tactically, but, you know, I'm not on that level to notice, you know, little intricacies like that. So, yeah, I was, I was only high school. Down, James? Uh, I played in high school. Uh, I was okay. uh, initially a striker, and then our team goalie got injured, so I pulled on the gloves. And then, uh, yeah, I played a couple of years as a goalkeeper. Nice. What was your What was your save percentage? Not amazing, but like we weren't, <laughs> we weren't a very good team. But also, I mean, we we scored a lot and they scored a lot, so actually, it was like, oh, okay. All yeah, right. so, I blame my defenders. So you were just hoping to, you know, keep it, keep it, you know, keep it interesting. Yeah, basically. Yeah, fair enough. So uh, it it wasn't over though, and like we mentioned at the top, you know, our defense some has holes, and eighty mm-hmm. seventh minute free on the back post they get a shot definitely needed a save and yeah. easily could have been two all yeah that's but, kind of a heart dropper right there i mean i'm you know i'm getting the stream yes, ready yes. at that point i'm like okay let's just hang on so we can talk about a win and then that happens and you're like oh, come on see this out 
Because, you yeah. know, I'm putting together notes, like, at that point, like, oh, Minnesota United wins. We're going to talk about a win. We're going to do this, <laughs> you know? Because that's kind of what you got to do to be ready to do a stream right after the match. You kind of have yeah. to have your 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 angle ready to go uh, based yeah. off how that match is going at that point. So, uh, thank goodness they were able to hold on to that, uh, hold on to that, that win. But, yeah, it was not easy with Portland having a really good chance there in the 87th. But that was really it. Minnesota United 2, Portland Timbers 1. The Timbers have never won at Allianz Field. Um, Minnesota United is seven two and one against Portland um, all time in MLS, um, and one of those losses was the very first match yeah. for Minnesota United ever. So, um, aside from does that, that even count? Is that like, eh. yeah, you know, <laughs> it, it counts, but does, should it really? You know, yeah. That's, Anyways, so what's interesting here is so you jump from an 8% shooting clip, 12 shots, one on target in the second, to 21% for the game. 28 shots, six on target. I mean, the late barrage there at the end, they were getting a lot of shots at the end of the match, and um, a lot of them were on target, finally. So it really did did help that percentage go up. (laughs) Um, But we were talking, you know, this could be a bit of a momentum changer for Minnesota and a little bit of a confidence boost from a, from an attacking standpoint that like, okay, yeah, we can put the ball in the back of the net consistently. We're, we're good. We do this well. You know, if we just, uh, you know, keep at it and keep pushing, this is going to happen for us. Yeah. And I mean, I think so far we still, you know, this, this season we seem to have like the, the two goal mark is our ceiling. Like, we haven't scored more than two yet this season. And I think there's going to be one game where we have 28 shots and we have six or seven on target and we score five. Yeah. Probably there's, there's against gonna... Cincinnati if we ever play Cincinnati. Yeah, we, <laughs> we ever play Cincinnati. But there's going to be one game that really kind of opens and it's going to be like validation, right? It's going to be like, look, there we go. We always knew we could score. We just... We just needed it all to click and all the final touches, and then it will all, you know, we're doing the right things. We're just falling at that last hurdle. But once we get that last hurdle correct, it's going to look really good. Yeah. Uh, guys, we're going to stick around for just a few more minutes here. Uh, we'd love to spend these last few minutes kind of responding to your questions or comments on the match. So drop those in the chat, whether you're watching on YouTube or Twitter. Uh, Quinn Smith says, Hi, I wasn't playing at too high a level, boys. Great game, though. Q Wonderwall. So. I uh, don't know what too high a level is, but uh, he seems knowledgeable enough on the game, uh, you know, to, to be, able, be able to pick out decoy runs. So uh, thank you, Quinn, for uh, the interaction. We appreciate it. Um, so moving forward now, as we mentioned, James, Wednesday is a big one. Yeah. Uh, you get LAFC on the road. I believe it's a 9 p.m. Central time kickoff, which would be a 4 a.m. Netherlands time kickoff there uh james uh i i'm not gonna ask you to come on post loons or though maybe maybe a little breakfast post loons maybe a yeah, little I mean, uh, early morning early morning coffee with your post loons some uh some bacon and eggs get it yeah, going I mean, starts at, starts at 4 30 my time so it's uh yeah that that could work you know i think that'll be like 6 6 30 post loons that, that'll be all right i'd be awake. sidebar sidebar <laughs> How nice is it to not have to get up at 3.30 a.m. to watch the U.S. Women's National Team? 
in the Olympics? Uh, good. I yeah, it's actually on a, quite a reasonable time for me, uh, yeah. which definitely didn't help the first game, but uh, the second <laughs> game it worked out quite well. Nice. All right. So uh, Baxter Sarge says, "Nice to see you, Ray. Kind of start to play. Nice to see." Ray kind of starts to play his game instead of just playing a frustrated game. I mean, yeah, the assist helps. Um, I definitely think the frustration was still there in the first half. Um, But maybe as we kind of alluded to with the team as a whole, maybe getting that assist will start to take the pressure a little bit off Reynoso. And hopefully he can kind of revert back to being the distributor the main focal point of the attack that we've seen him be in the past. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's got to be tough if you're a guy who got seven assists in a playoff and suddenly everybody around you, apart from Robin Lund is completely different. Yeah. And so you're like, well, I had this great thing with Kevin Molino. I had the great thing with Robin Lord. Now Robin Lord's playing like a different position some of the mm-hmm. time. And now it's like, well, I passed to these guys because Molino would have run there, but actually Anu runs the other way. And then it's just like, well, you can see why he gets frustrated because him and the other guys are just not on the same wavelength yet. You know, they're not all rowing in the same direction, so to speak. So I think that's one thing. And you you saw it like he got frustrated, but actually he also had good chances and he had he got an assist. You know, and I think that's especially to Lod, I think is really important because they hooked up so many times at the end of last season. Yeah. that it's really kind of they can use that to then really build it out. Because I think once he gets familiar with everyone, that's when you'll start to see. Yeah, And, you know, we lost the first four games of the season. That's kind of okay. We were we were rubbish. And yeah. we kind of showed where we needed to work on. And actually, now that we have a forward line that is together and we brought in some players, that's the kind of we're using this time to gel. And like you said, two two wins against massive opponents, that's that's huge. You know, and using that momentum, that's gonna help them gel and that's gonna help bring them forward. And that's really gonna like push them uh, as we go forward deeper into the season. And just so expect to see more, more assists. And just getting more time on the field together, right? Because as we mentioned, yeah. there have been numerous things over the last few weeks that have caused this front four as we see it as the starting front four to not necessarily be on the field. I mean, we saw it again tonight. No, Franco Fragapane, right? Who knows how long yeah. he's going to be out. So there really are some things working against Minnesota United in terms of having those four guys on the field together for an extended period of time. Um, so, you know, obviously we'll probably see more Nico Hansen if Fragapane is out for a long time. As I'm excited. Yes. Uh, I think I think Nico Hansen has gone very underrated. Um, I think what he brings in terms of his pace and his ability – um, he plays a major factor in the success Minnesota United has in the attack. Those 28 shots, a lot of them don't happen without what Nico Hansen brings to the table. So yeah. um, I'm excited to see more of him, see him grow in that role. Um, I, I love his flexibility. He can play on the right or the left, which I think is awesome. Um, it's a huge depth piece to have and a huge piece to have in these situations too, right? You're yeah. losing arguably – your best player over the last five or six games, you're losing him for who knows how long, but we're not necessarily that worried about it because we have a guy like Nico Hansen to step into that role and you get three points tonight. It just kind of furthers that confidence. 
yeah, I mean, you know, you get three points without having Franco Fragapane, like you are laughing. Like it's amazing how like you can still take the same team basically minus this huge piece. You slot another one and hey, your jigsaw puzzle came together and you still got to win. Mm-hmm. So you keep doing that and hopefully, obviously, he comes back really soon. I hope the injury is not too bad. But yep. yeah, like we, we're confident we have depth and it's just about the more time. It actually helps because the more time that different players get on the field together, the easier it is going to be for them to gel, especially deeper in playoffs. End of the season, we're trying to rest people and manage and it's going to be easier to them to still score goals, get shots and get wins. I do want to say one thing. I was seeing a few things on Twitter today that the injury was sort of like a cover-up for the fact that they just didn't want to play Fragapane tonight because of the Diego Chara incident before. Stop with that. That's not that was not uh that did not happen. They would not do that and they would not try to cover it up with an injury either. Um that was not the case. 100%. There was no there was no sort of uh, play from Minnesota United's part to not have Franco Fragapani on the field tonight because of what happened in the incident with Diego Char in the last game. That that, that was not the case. So um, if, if you saw that or if you're taking that in, into consideration at all, I promise you that was not what happened. Um, James from Pot on You Loons, thank you so much for joining Post Loons this week. Really do appreciate it, man. Uh, we'll have to get you on soon, hopefully at a little bit of a better time for you uh but at least we're doing it over the weekend and not on like a wednesday thursday morning um yeah i appreciate fun, it man hope to do it yeah, again thank- soon. man thank you for having me i uh, i really appreciate it we're going to be recording uh, our own pod in a couple of days uh, to talk about the game as well so uh yeah put on your loons you can find us in uh where you find your podcasts yep apple spotify stitcher google podcasts it's also where you can Anchor. find the post- Anchor, there you go. The best place to to get your podcast, right? Or to make your podcast, right? Yeah, easiest place to make your podcasts. There you go. There you go. Love that. All right, James. Uh at CPT James Force on Twitter. You can also follow Pod on You Loons at Pod Loons on Twitter. Um, that is it for tonight. Big Minnesota United win. We will catch you late night, Wednesday, to break down Minnesota United and LAFC. Till then. Have a great rest of your weekend, everybody. Have a great weekend, guys. Peace.